Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. Well, good morning, y'all. Good morning. Uh, I am Cody, by the way, if you're new here. Uh, my name is Cody, and I serve as one of the leaders here uh, at our church. And uh, I just want to say welcome. Welcome to New City. Um, and... Uh, you know, with all of this talk about football, Tom Brady, is he retiring? Not an official decision. It hasn't been made yet. Look at that. Then we have the Super Bowl coming up. And I think one of the announcements that we couldn't fit into the announcements this week is that the Super Bowl Sunday, we're asking everyone to wear their favorite team football jersey. And so come on in with your jersey on that Super Bowl Sunday. And with all this stuff going on, it has made me think about uh, my football career. The one and only time that I scored a touchdown. I want to tell you all about it. Uh, this particular Saturday morning, I was sick as a dog. And I was throwing up everything. I mean, uh, last night's spaghetti. Uh, that morning's banana, um, even the Gatorade came up. And I said, you know what, coach? <laughs> I'm not playing today. Look, I'm here to support y'all, but I'm not playing. And he said, no, look, man, you got to play. This is a big game. If we don't get this, we can't get in the playoffs. I said, all right, man, I guess I'll go out there. And so I went out there, and about halfway through the game, I, I just really felt bad. And I said, you know what, I'm done. I don't care what he says. I'm taking my stuff off. And so I'm taking off my equipment, my shoulder pads. I've unbuckled and I opened up the, the, the tie that ties it together. And I'm about to throw it, you know, throw it off. Antonio Brown, you know, about to throw that thing off. And then the coach stopped me again. He said, wait a minute, man. We really need you now. You can't give up now. Go on back in there. Something good's going to happen. I'm telling you. And I say, okay, coach. And I go back in there, and I don't feel like it. And I'm standing there, and I guess the team, the coaches from the other team said, oh, we're going to pick on this guy. He don't even want to be out there. Look at him. And so the quarterback said, what? He drove back, and he threw the ball. And you know what? I wish I could say I broke on it and made some diving catch. I swam through a sea of people and caught it. But really, he threw it right to me. And I caught it. Ugh! And then I took off and started running down the sideline. And the shoulder pads was flapping on my back. And the wind was blowing. And, and I was tilting this way and tilting that way. And I said, you know what? Can't nobody catch me. And I turned it on some more. And those shoulder pads started feeling like wings. And I'm, oh, yeah, I'm going now. I crossed the line with the ball in my hand. And that was the very next play. The play after I was thinking about throwing in the towel and giving up. I came to the sideline and my coach said, see son, I told you, just stick in there. Something's good is going to happen. And you know, that's a story that probably some of you have. Maybe it wasn't a touchdown, but you have stories where you had to persevere through something. Things got a little rough and you just had to stick in there. And this morning, we'll talk a little bit about that. We are in Psalms 142, and the Psalms are full of songs and hymns and stories and poetry and prayers 
that God has written. And he's written these for us. He's designed them for us to connect our feelings with our faith. And as we traverse the difficulties of life, you know, we, we have to grow. We need to grow. And the understanding and the application, the spiritual practice of being real before God while walking by faith. Today, I want to talk to you from the subject of following Jesus when you feel like giving up. Following Jesus when you, when you feel like giving up. I'm talking about when you're really going through something. You know, no, no, no play play stuff. Real life circumstances. When you are overwhelmed. When you're up all night long and you can't sleep. Because all you can think about is how in the world am I going to get out of this mess? You feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. That's a, another way of saying I'm, I'm trapped. and There's no escape. And it seems like the longer you stay there, the worse things get. It feels like you're in the middle of the ocean and somebody done put a hole in your boat. And you look up and you scream out, is anybody out there? Can anybody hear me? Can anybody help? Now, I don't know who this message is for this morning, who might be going through. But I want to ask you a question. What do you do when you feel like giving up? What do you do when you feel like giving up? I tell you, for me, faith, faith ain't always easy for me. You know? Some people, they can go through some stuff and, it, and it's just, just a breeze. Don't, don't feel nothing. But for me, and living in a world where you know, people emphasize the visible rather than the invisible. Uh, they emphasize uh, the present rather than the eternal. And I struggle at times with living for God daily. It simply isn't natural to die to myself and to just live for God. And for the longest time, I thought I was by myself. I thought that I'm the only one who experiences this. But then I started to carefully read the Bible and I noticed that many godly people struggled deeply with their faith. Almost every character in the Bible struggled with trusting God at some point or another. Joseph would have wondered, why in the world am I being sold into slavery by my brothers? The disciples questioned why Jesus was betrayed and beaten and ultimately crucified on the cross when he was supposed to come and rescue them from Rome. Job wondered why, as a righteous man, he was experiencing so much pain and suffering. Similarly, you might have wondered why your parents got divorced, or why a close friend betrayed you, or why you're now in the midst of many different difficult circumstances. Well, I'm here to tell you, you're in good company. David was a man according to God's own heart. And he was personally chosen by God to be the king of Israel because of his humility, his strength, and his devotion. Yet even David experienced doubt 
and desperation in his relationship with God. Even though he had done nothing wrong, David had to flee from King Saul who wanted him dead. David ran off and he hid in a cave. And David cried out to God and really his honesty amazes me. In Psalm 142, verses 1 through 7, we read David saying, I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pray, I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. Although my spirit is weak within me, you know my way. Along this path I travel, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see. No one stands up for me. There is no refuge for me. No one cares about me. I cry to you, Lord. I say you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am very weak. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Free me from prison so that I can praise your name. The righteous will gather around me because you deal generously with me. Spirit of the living God, right now as we gather as a church, Lord, we need to hear a word from you. Some of us are going through some things that, Lord, you only know about. And so, Father, would you speak a fresh word into the hearts and souls of your people so that we may live for you and that you may receive all the praise and the glory. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what is happening in this text today? At this time, David is fleeing from Saul. Saul is the king of Israel. And Saul is sort of hating on David because whenever they go out to battle, they'd come back in. And there was one particular time they came back in town and everybody in the city began to praise Saul and say, hey, Saul has killed thousands. Saul felt good about himself. Then David came in a little after him and everybody said, David has killed tens of thousands. And Saul said, wait a minute. We got to do something about this. If I don't put David to death, he will soon become king. And my line, my children won't become king. The people will want him. And so he began to plot and attempt to kill David. So David took off and he fled up in the mountains of Adjulon. And he also fled a second time to the caves of Engedi. You see, this isn't the first time David hid from Saul in a cave. And it's not the first time he's written about it either. In Psalm 57, we see David writing about the same event. There in Psalm 57... As David is hiding from Saul and thousands of men in Saul's army, David writes as if he's almost enjoying the process. David seemed certain that he would have a triumphant outcome. 
You know there's some times when you can go through something and it, like I said, it's a breeze. You just trust God straight through that thing. You don't have no issues trusting him. And you notice, man, this thing is pretty easy. Oh, but there's other times. Hmm? There's other times when things are just much more difficult than that. You see, here in Psalms 142, trouble has set in. It had some time to really fester. And one scholar says that the strain of being hated and haunted is almost too much. And David's faith is at full stretch. This time, David has had just about all he could take. Stress and anxiety is on the verge of taking David's life. And when you feel like giving up, what do you think? What, what do you think when David is in this? What does he do? Verse 1, David says, first thing I do, I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint, where? Before him. I reveal my trouble to who? Him. I know it's simple, but yet it's important for us to know that David is going to God with his problems. David knows that God wants his children to come to him in prayer. In the times of need and crisis, God wants us to bring our request to him as our loving father. The practice of going to God and laying our cares before him is so important to God that he just doesn't invite us to do it. He don't just say, hey, look, if you feel like it, I'm over here, you can come on, show up and pray. No, it's, it's much more important to him that we bring our cares to him that he commands us to do it. Let me ask you something. If your child were abused, mistreated, would you just merely invite them? Hey, you know, you can talk to me about that. Or would you lovingly command them, come to me, my son, my daughter, talk to me about it. I'm here for you. I'm here to help. God commands us to come to him in prayer because it's one of the most loving things a father can do. Jesus said, come to me. All who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Paul said, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God says, bring it to me. When you're going through and you feel like giving up, who do you talk to? What numbers do you dial? Do you go to God? Seriously, do you go to God? This morning, I want to tell you that God wants to hear about that. Well, you might be saying, I hear what you're saying, brother. You just want me to talk to God. Sort of. It goes a little bit deeper than just talking. David said, I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. A complaint is a reason for dissatisfaction. It is an expression of grief or pain. And David said, I reveal my trouble to him. 
Now, if David is saying that I revealed my trouble to him, then that must mean that our troubles can be concealed. It means that it is possible for us to talk to God while hiding our afflictions. God doesn't want you to just talk to him. He wants to know what really bothers you. He wants you to be vulnerable, to expose your pain. He wants you to pray. You see, when you talk to somebody, you could just talk around your problems. Oh, but when you pray, when you really pray, I mean, when you're talking to God from the deepest and darkest corners of your soul, when you're pouring yourself out before him and telling him what's really going on, and you say, Lord, I need help. Y'all know God don't like to see his children cry now. Lord, I need help. See, some of us know how to vent to our friends, but we don't know how to pray to our God. We live in such a venting culture till we are being robbed of the true benefits and blessings of prayer. The question is, when you feel like giving up, do you pray from your heart? You might be saying, okay, I get it. Go to God, pray from my heart. But you might also be saying, how do I pray for real? Because honestly, this thing I'm going through right now, this thing has came and snatched all of my faith away. How do I pray from my heart while holding on to faith? How do I pray when I feel like there's no hope for me? Well, what does David do? Verse 3. He says, although my spirit is weak within me, you know my way. Along this path I travel, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to my right and see. No one stands up for me. There is no refuge for me. No one cares about me. David says, I'm at my breaking point. I feel like giving up. But God, you know my way. You know the way out. In other words, although I feel stuck in this mess and my enemy is about to consume me, God, you see me. And you know how to get me out of this. David parallel parts his problems right next to God's protection. And he doesn't rush to bring hope to his hopelessness. Instead, David sinks deeper into his bag of problems and he lays them out before the Lord. And he says, my enemies have set a trap for me. If I go there, I'm trapped. If I do this, I'm trapped. If I say that, I'm trapped. If I pay this bill, I'm trapped. If I change my job, I'm trapped. All of it, Lord, is a trap. David says, now, Lord, on top of all this, I want you to see something. He says, God, I'm by myself at this. Lord, I'm stressed. I'm trapped. Overwhelmed, and on top of all of that, I'm lonely. Somebody might be feeling the same way this morning. 
How do I get out of this situation? How do I even trust God when in this moment I have no hope of things getting better? Well, if David was here, he'd say you have to make up in your mind that life without faith ain't an option. And I know we was doing a little grammar earlier, but I like what ain't, the way ain't sound right there. Amen, somebody. Hmm? Life without faith just ain't an option. Like a band that is stretched beyond its capacity, when we experience hardships, our faith is being tested. And it is being pulled. And there in the middle is a tension. There's a tension between the anguish of soul and dependence on God. And at that point of tension is where we find the question, how do I pray from my heart while holding on to faith? And David would say, you must speak truth to tension. You must speak truth to tension. Some of us have allowed our feelings to hijack our life. We're not called to live by feelings. We're called to live by faith. And sometimes by faith, we got to command our feelings what to feel. Amen, somebody. You got to command your feelings what to feel. I get it. Sometimes our circumstances can temporarily uh, blind us or cloud our memory. We barely even know who we are. Oh, but if you can manage to remind yourself of the good news of Jesus Christ, you ought to praise God because when ain't nothing good, God is still good. And we still got the good news of Jesus Christ. David is here like a type of Christ who in his suffering for us was forsaken by all men and bared the cross alone. And on the cross, he alone paid for our wrongdoing and our sin. And in three days, he alone defeated death. And as he rose from the grave with all power in his hand, he alone has the power to save. That good news also has the power to reignite your faith. Because faith comes by hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. That alone is why the psalmist was able to say to the darkness in his soul, enough of this. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, rescued me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The psalmist said, I believed even when I was severely oppressed. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. How can I repay the Lord for all the good he's done for me? Here in verse 5, David says, I'm crying, and even though the tears are rolling down my face, Lord, you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living, you are my shelter and everything I want. David began to see that God had not abandoned him, but God was involved in all that he was experiencing. 
The longer David was in the cave, the walls of the cave began to look like the hand of God. David realized, wait a minute, I'm not just trapped. I'm being protected by my God. You never know what reasons you are going through what you're going through. You never know what God is up to, preventing you from. You never know how he is being your refuge in that moment. And so it is good for us to see, wait a minute, I don't know everything, but God does. God is still on his throne, and God is still almighty, still powerful. He is still looking out for the best and the good of his children. God says, I'm using this thing to bring you closer to me. And then the next two verses, David asks God for three things. Verse six, he says, listen to my cry. Rescue me from those who pursue me. Free me from prison. David knows God doesn't like to see his children cry. He says, I'm crying to you, Lord. I'm praying from my heart. He said, rescue me from the people who want me dead. He said, free me from prison so that I may praise your name. The pursuit of his enemies provoked thoughts of pain and death. But it's the emotional and spiritual confinement of his soul that he referred to as prison. He says, I just can't praise you the way I want to while I'm in this. It just don't feel the same. For David, prison was a place that paralyzed his praise. But watch how hope changed things for David. He says, the righteous will gather around me. Hmm? Because you deal generously with me. David longed to be with other worshipers of Yahweh. He says, the righteous will. I know it's going to happen. I trust you. He's choosing to trust. He didn't say, because you dealt with me, but you deal with me even while I'm going through. David chose to believe. He chose to convince his heart to once again trust the God who delivers his people. And eventually, God delivered David. You see, in Psalms, or 1 Samuel 22, we read, So David left Gath and took refuge in the cave of Adullam. When David's brothers and his father's whole family heard, they went down and joined him there. In addition, every man who was desperate, in debt, or discontented, rallied around him, and he became their leader. God sent people to be there with David. He answered his prayer. David said, I'm lonely. I'm going through this by myself. And God has sent people here in our church to be here with us. So as we gather here as the people of God, today it will be good to remind one another. There's no cave too deep, no alley too dark for God to hear our prayer and deliver us from. 
we can say with full confidence, whether now or in glory, our God will soon deliver his people. So in the end, during the moments when you feel like giving up, ask yourself, am I going to God? Am I praying for real? And am I connecting my feelings to my faith? Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.